Welcome to the Volley Pod, where we're all about coaching kids volleyball. With drills, skills, and scenarios, we keep things fast, fun, and effective. Presented by the Art of Coaching Volleyball, the Volley Pod is your new source for coaching information. Good morning, and welcome to the Volley Pod. How are you today, Todd? Davis, doing well. Excited to get back in the uh, the pod cave, the volley pod cave, and uh, talk a little uh, volleyball with you. Absolutely, We've into the club season. Are you excited? You have your team is uh, getting ready to take off to JOs. Taking off to JOs. We qualified high in the national division, and we're looking forward to the challenge. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to. You have some uh, some of my high school kids you coach, so I see that how much they've improved. It's cool. I get to now hang out with you and learn the secrets. How did he? How did he do it? Oh man, come <laughs> on! It's so fun to work with you in this, and uh, we're just hoping to pass some of the stuff we've we've uh, learned in our time you know we've coached for a long time I think what are you how many years are you coached oh gosh I started when I was about 21 and I'm gonna be 63 in a couple weeks so I got some uh got a couple years there absolutely 42 I think is where we are so I started coaching really little kids when I was 17 and I'm now 45 so I've been doing it quite a while too and we don't assume that we're right right I think this is I mean we believe we're right but I, I guess what I'm saying is we don't assume that we're right for everyone in every situation. We're given some things that we have had some success with or seen work. Right. Well, and uh, I think the the other way to look at it is what we're doing right now. If we're doing the exact same thing in five years, then we don't think we're getting any better. Absolutely. And so, you know, I was very sure about some things five years ago. And now I'm going, hey, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> so, right. so it's going to evolve. And I think that's a fun thing. That's why we can do it for as many years as we have and still stay uh, motivated yeah. and still be challenged, uh, intellectually challenged by trying to do it better. Absolutely. And um, yeah, it's just a blast. I think one of the things I love about coaching is like, you just keep getting better the yep. learning process yep. and so that's what we're hoping to sort of spread what skill do you have that's how are we gonna what what skill what are we gonna improve today okay so today we're gonna talk about passing short and deep okay and we've talked about passing and we've talked about service footwork yep um but we kind of talked about that in a more general um way today we're gonna talk about passing short deep a because i think it's very difficult you know, I think it's I think passing left and right when the ball's basically on your plane, like on the plane that you're on, is pretty simple, relative. Relatively speaking, relatively yeah, I would speaking. agree wholeheartedly. When we look at hey, how when are kids getting aced? And I'm a big, you know, ace prevention guy. That short deep is the time. Absolutely. And so there's a couple things we gotta think about first when we are thinking about training, passing short deep. First of all, it's undertrained, right? So we should be making them move on reps, especially short deep, right? And so um, we just make sure we include that in some of our drills, right? Secondly, the perception of whether it is short deep is absolutely critical to the to the move. Back to, to the to readings. Success, right, back, back to, to the perception. And I think that I'm doing a lot of how the reading I've been doing is that, you know, perception action link and that do our activities and practice link that perception to the action. So if we're serving the same exact 
low trajectory floater serve from a box right at a kid and every serve is the same, even if it's tough, they don't have to make any kind of move perceiving it. And then we can't wonder why when they get in the game and that second tempo ball drops in front of them, we haven't practiced it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so let's make sure we're including this. How do you do it? What do do you do? Well, so there's a couple of things. First of all, you got to get them immediately. I would say I'd say this is the first thing you start them thinking about. What does the server look like before they serve? Okay. Server cues. Server cues, right? They're thinking generally about reading the flight of the ball. And I think you gather so much more information from the server prior to the flight of the ball, right? If you're only responding after the ball is contacted, you're losing tons of What time. kind of cue specifically do you want them to look at? Okay, so the number one cue I have them look at is the server toss alignment, right? So the toss, right? When you ask a kid, why do they miss? Oh, my toss, right? right. And so it's easy for them to... to say, okay, well, the toss was over here and the serve came over there, right? And especially is the toss behind them or in front of them? Simple, right? And if they can start looking for that, typically a serve that is behind them, a toss that's behind them will go up and short and a toss that's in front of them will typically play deeper given the same arm speed, right? Which is the second thing we start them to look for, right? which is, is their arm going fast or slow, right? I mean, that's going to, that's going to, tell you whether it's going to be short or deep right at at the beginning levels i mean a lot of kids just don't have they can't change tempos they only have one arm speed and some of them might hit a ball you know be super fast against the back wall and the other one might be struggling to get it over the net right absolutely and so noticing (laughs) noticing and connecting that like you're mentioning um to to what they do is is critical um and so I would add those two things, I think, at the very, very beginning. And then you start adding in a couple movement patterns. Okay. What okay. kind of movement patterns? So for the short, I like a push. On, on, on I'm talking about an up and down short serve. Okay. So like a, a serve that's going to drop inside the 10-foot line, right. you know, up and down. I like a push, run, run, and then a split step drop. Sit, sit down. I, saw, okay. I call it sit in their chair. Okay. So, so they're going to push and run maybe one or two steps only right i don't like them shuffling up on the short unless it's right in there like like very close to them right right? that's different because most of the serve receive movements are shuffles exactly so this is a different movement they have to perceive it and then they have to connect this this push run movement absolutely right and i think this is a more efficient movement when this type of serve happens but if the ball is close the shuffle is more efficient right so that's again connecting the perception that's why it's so important and then from there, they're going to sit in their chair. They're going to drop their um, their butt down to where they're in a ninety degrees with their um, with their thighs, right? And so I like that because then uh, that typically makes their platform go up, and we don't want to overpass. I, I like that idea, that external cue: sit in the chair, right? Sit so we're chair. getting away from you know what your thighs are doing, and say, hey, you're sitting in a chair. And all of a sudden that takes their platform and now their platform is parallel to the ground yep. and the ball is going up rather than over. Cause the problem with those serves of course is the overpasses. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's a little bit of a different move, right? And ideally we get that move, a little split step, sit in your chair. Um, however, there's many times when they're late and we need what I call outs or, you know, um, people call them emergency moves. Yep. Right. And, uh, I don't like the term emergency so much because I think it adds a degree of stress. 
You know what I mean? Right. So I like the idea of outs. Like this isn't this is something I can do when I want to get out of the situation. Okay. Okay. And one of the ideas is a knee drop, right? I really, really like a knee drop. I did it all the time when I played. And I think all you do is just same move, maybe a run or maybe even a shuffle. And then you're just going to put one knee down. Simple. The timing of it, though, is challenging, right? Because you don't want to go down be- too early and you don't want to be going down as the ball's coming down. You kind of want the timing of it. So you yep. got to practice it. And what we'll do to practice it is basically at first tell them we're going to serve short, but because they know I'll start them a little deeper, about a step deeper, and then have them do those moves, right? At first I'll serve some easy and they can get their split step in and then I'll start to go a little harder and make them, and I'll force the, uh, force the knee drop. Like I'll say, you have to knee drop on okay, this one, yeah. you know, and then I'll do some where it's kind of in between, you know, what, which move should you do here? You know, and so that's what I like to right. do. Right, do some players just, are they more comfortable with one than the other and they just kind of lean on one? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think, we always try to get them to read and anticipate and be early. Um, but I think players do connect I, more to one. Can I hit you with a tactical question? Of course. Because I'm always wondering about this. Do you let your middles play a lot of those balls? Or do you say, let's get them out of there and get them on their routes? This year, I've been having my middles take a lot of them. Okay. I like them to take um, the three serve, like the inside the 10-foot line serve overhand. And they're very good overhand. Okay. Um, so I, I think that kind of gets great. us off its topics a little bit, but a I had to ask. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, and and so that does free up the the back row to not have to do that as much. Right. But in general, you want to train your liberos to take as much court as possible. Right. And so, like a lot of time, that a lot of times that middle won't be there. Well, at the young levels, I think you have middles who are experienced now as volleyball players. I think it's some of the sometimes a young level. Uh, you have a, a great libero, but your your other kids don't handle the ball very much, and maybe you just say, "Hey, for you have different rules on different teams." That's that's basically why I said this year. Sometimes I don't want my middles touching yeah. the ball, <laughs> and I mean that with all due respect. But uh, yeah, so, okay. Okay, and now let's real quick talk about the deep. Okay. Okay, so the deep serve, I want them to stay in line with the serve and keep their shoulders down in posture if possible. So just shuffle deep if it's not that deep, okay? As soon as it's so deep that that can't happen, they're gonna have to open up and they're gonna need to use this drop step tilt maneuver. And we have a link, we'll talk about that later, but all you do is drop your foot back, uh, drop your shoulder, angle your platform, and that move is very, very useful. Okay, on the take it off to the side. Take it offline, right? Yep. So, and I actually have spoken to many coaches that want, not many coaches, but a good percentage of coaches that want everything offline. Yeah. And I know we differ slightly on that. I would probably, I'd probably have more percentage offline. You're an inline, unless you got to kind of guy, basically. Well, no, I think on the deep serve, you can't get off. Yeah, the if deep, you can't. We, I, yeah. I agree 100% with this is, hey, the, the ball lands in the last five to seven feet of the court and you're drop stepping and you're shuffling and it's the same, you know, kind of drop step move, uh, you know, arms and, and feet work together. So your platform goes out and you got to be comfortable shuffling with that platform out. Yep. So. And, and I would just say, like you said, take it offline and keep some space. Like you, you don't want to get jammed. Yep. That's one of the things to look for. And what, and the drill we'll do is, uh, same same thing. We'll just start them a little shorter than usual. We'll serve deep, 
and we'll make it easy and say, can you keep it, you know, in line with your shoulders down? And then we'll pick up the speed, serve a little deeper, make them use that drop step, and then we'll let them choose, right? And so um, I like the idea of letting them choose because that's what happens in the game, right? You're not like, you have to go offline, right? It's that a lot of times that choice is where they get hung up. Yep. Right, the ball that's in the chest, uh, yep. and they, they don't really decide quickly enough. So I like that third element of of that. And so, you know, passing the short deep, and then the only thing I wanted to come back to is again, like we can do tons of reps where they know, but reps where they don't know, meaning like I'm not telling them they have to read the server and that kind of thing. Those are really important. So we've seen stuff where you can literally just stand there and have the server serve and you're just working on, working on cues yeah, yeah working on the recognition so hey the other, th yeah. the other thing i want to just throw in one other thing and hey we all want more serving practice and i think that we want to make sure that we have our players doing a lot of live serving so even something as simple as hey you have your servers out there yeah. and i know you're running i think the same tempos at, at our club now a lot of the a lot of the uh teams are going into three tempos. Yeah. The first tempo is that super flat uh, low ball that's landing back in the court. The second tempo is still the low ball that lands in the 13 foot area or so. Yeah, two and then the two bouncers, I, I love that too. And then the third tempo is that short one that goes up and down in front of the 10 foot line. But but having every passer calling one, two, three love it. on that and so are they calling the same thing? And once again, you have everyone engaged and you can even have people in line calling. So if you have, let's say five people in line, you know, or five people passing three spots, the two people that are out, they're still reading every contact. And do we really do a good job of, of reinforcing that, that they can work on their game, that reading element? We don't need to maybe have a drill all the time that has them standing. They can do it when they're waiting. Absolutely. You know? and, and from the, from the, the other side, the other side of that token is the servers can be getting benefit of serving deep, sure. And and what we'll do is just say, hey, server, you cannot serve the same tempo two times in a row. Once we once we've sort of practiced some of the moves, and that gets those passers really engaged in reading because it's not going to be the same serve twice in a row. Yeah. So good stuff, good stuff. All right, so I like let's, it. Let's let's talk scenario. What's all the what's right. the well, scenario? I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm stealing stuff all the time. You know that, and I and I, I think I mentioned it was either in the last part or the one before the the volleyball coaches and trainers. And, and I yes. saw someone, I saw a coach post something on there saying, hey, my team is too quiet. Okay. And I like that one because we have a lot of coaches. There aren't too many coaches goes, my team's too loud. Right. <laughs> you know, we hear, hey, my team is too quiet. Mm -hmm. uh, but my first question to you, because I think there's some differing opinions, is, and, and I think it, this uh, is different, I think, maybe out of the country. How important is communication? Should we have this loud team and we go, oh, they're loud. That means they're engaged and they're doing this stuff. Or I think there's, uh, I think teams maybe from, you know, Brazil and some other teams from maybe Eastern European countries. Oh, no, we know whose ball it is. We don't need to say anything. You know, if you play enough volleyball, we don't need to verbalize all this stuff. What do you think? So my take is you got to know. You don't have to necessarily be loud about it. I guess that's the thing. And real quick on this, there was a brother's beach team and I wish I knew their name, but they were two brothers and they'd played together so much. They got so frustrated 
they literally just stopped talking to each other <laughs> and they went to the Olympics and they were one of the top performing teams at the Olympics. And I swear, not a word, <laughs> even during timeouts. It was classic. I mean, not during plays, nothing. And so I guess my point is like, I don't know if being loud is the thing, but I do know that knowing and having a system is the thing. That's the way I would okay. frame it. Well, I'm, I'm going to argue yes okay. we need to communicate and okay. i think it's it for a couple of reasons number okay. one is a tangible way to show engagement i believe that for and sure. so for us as coaches and we see hey our kids engaged hearing what they say that's one way uh, I, like I think it's more fun to communicate yes and that's you know true. i look at this idea of human interaction that hey it's more fun to communicate uh than not communicate relationships break down when there's no communication that's a good one. Uh, and I think about framing this with them as like, hey, put your family at a Thanksgiving dinner <laughs> and then make it silent. What does that mean? What does that mean? That means that, wait a minute, we have all these barriers between us. And in some ways, we, I try to frame this. Listen, it's selfish to not communicate because this game is, hey, we have these six people in this small box. And for us to, to maximize our potential, we have to help each other out by communicating. So for me, uh, that's my that's my argument that the I communication is important. Okay, I love it. And and hey, I'm for the record, I'm not arguing communication isn't important. I'm saying volume. Right. No, I think I, I yeah. think there's something about clean air too. Yes. Like I don't want the communication. My 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 my. Yes. Got a chatter. I want. Yeah. I want. Right. I want clean air so people yes. can hear the different communication going on. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be. Everybody's going to have a different volume, but it has to be. It has to be loud enough to be heard. Yes. In a loud gym, which is, you know, I, I think that sometimes we need it loud just because, hey, if you're you're playing in a club gym or our practice gym at Coast is it's loud. Enough. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh, one more thing before we get into sure. some specifics, and that is when I hear this, my team is too quiet. Does that translate into my coaching is inconsistent? That's a great point. That's because really I think that's the first point I'm going to, I'm going to make is if you want your team to communicate consistently, then your feedback mechanisms have to be consistent. So uh, let me get into a couple things. Sure. First of all, starting from day one, uh, communication for me is an, is an every contact standard. Okay. So if we start in, let's say with beginners, just simple, hey, we're going to be in what we call passers catch. We have two players, they're tossing the ball back and forth, catching it between their knees and waist, because that's not the place that kids normally catch the ball. They normally catch at their chest. Right. And so we play passers catch, one of the first things we do. Okay. And we practice communicating there and we'll go 30 seconds. And if somebody doesn't say mine before the ball's halfway to them, oh, we got to do it again. We missed a call. And so once again, it's, it's doing that from the very, from the very beginning. And then there's a, there's a sound that we get with everybody communicating and there's some engagement in a gym um, where if you don't do it, uh, you're, you're going against it. I think when, if your team doesn't communicate and they stop communicating, the person who does communicate feels like a pariah. And so then they stop. And so I want to make this thing like, Hey, you're going to feel like a pariah if you don't communicate. I like it. So like it. Uh, simple things there. Once we get into that, then we get into over the net. And let's say we just do a passing thing where we might be in, uh, let's say, a little butterfly. And all I'm doing is I'm counting the times in a row that they call the ball before it crosses the net. They have to call it early and they have to call. I like one, one syllable mind. Okay. I don't like I go because I sometimes if I'm if I make a dig, I might yell at you to go. Uh, but so I don't like I go. I okay. like mine. 
Okay. And then if you get too close to me, it might be mine. Mine. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. So I like that. Uh, so that's super simple. Yeah. Clean. Uh, and so then I just count in a rows. So uh, one, two, three up, zero, one, two. We have to get to 25 where we're counting them in a row. So we just yeah. do that. And once again, I'm not bitching and moaning and telling them, you know, why, how it, I'm just saying, hey, you either communicate or you don't. And we have to get to 25 in a row. So there's this consistency that we have. Okay. Uh, so that's over the net passing stuff. We can be consistent with in a rows. Attacking, okay. let's say simple pass to attack now. Okay. So we have a group of players, let's say four players, we're passing to attack. They have to call mine, they have to call their set. Okay. If they don't, they go out of the drill. Okay. You don't get to hit. Yep. And I like super simple consequences where I'm not, you know, once again, yelling at him. I'm not mad at him. I'm going, oh, sorry. Oh, you got to be out of the drill now. You don't get to attack. Right. I'm just, I feel so bad for you. Okay. So right. it's a different thing than in probably when I was a younger coach. How many times have I told you to call the ball? I don't right. do that stuff anymore. Right. Okay. What would you, what would you say if a kid didn't do it? And now? Yeah. Well, now they just, they're, hey, you're out of the hitting line. But I mean, is there any words? It's just back of the line. Something hey, like that. Well, hey, you have to, you know, communicate is important for us. We've established that as one of our standards. So yeah. you're not in the back of the line. You're out of the drill. Oh, out of the entire drill. Yeah, just go oh, out okay. of the drill. Right. And the next time you have a chance to hit, you'll remember to call it. Right. Okay. You can do it. You can take them out. You can have, but I like consequences for not communicating okay. where like there's specific consequences rather than, you know, in the, in a rows, there's a consequence that the team has to keep doing this until you get 25 in a row. So once again, you feel if you don't do it, there's a consequence. You have to do more. Right. <laughs> right. Because right. it really should just be 25. If we don't care where the pass is going, it's only about communication. 100% but controllable. But if, if you stop doing that, you have to do it enough so that team forms the habit. Yes. Yeah. Great point. Okay. I and like then it. reinforcing it every once in a while. Hey, we're going to just do the passing now. And all I'm going to count is communication. I'm not looking at your platform, footwork. I'm not going to do anything. Just communication. Because we've we've slipped a little bit. And there's going to be slippage on every team. Right. And well, but I want to go back real quick to, to, to when you kick them out of the drill, quote unquote. I'm using air, air quotes. There's no emotion to that, meaning in, no negative yeah, emotion. Exactly. Yeah. It's just, okay, you're out. Okay, good. Next time, make sure you do your, yeah. uh, make sure you yeah. call it. Yeah. And like I said, I almost feel sorry. Oh, man, I got to, you got to, you got to yeah. leave this drill now. You don't get the, oh, I wanted to see you hit today. You right. Know? Like, yeah. I, like I'm sad too. I want you in the drill. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's cool. Okay, cool. Uh, and then I think we can look at a bunch of other positions, you know, okay. for the communication. You know, what are those specific things? And can we communicate to our team with clarity how we want them to communicate? So if we have blockers, there might be pre-play communication that we're identifying hitters. There might be uh, routes, you know, in the middle of a route. If let's say instead of running direct straight patterns, they're running a slide two or something, that we have specific ways we're going to communicate that. Uh, timing, uh, you mm -hmm. mentioned that on your blocking one last time, like ready block or whatever that ready, timing ready. is. Uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, and then where the ball will go. You talked about mm -hmm. that with your blocking. Are you, is it going to go line or angle? Setters, there might be pre-play where you're calling a play and communicating. Uh, you might be yelling, help, help, help with a name. Help, help, Davis, Davis, where, you know, I can't get to the ball and I need you to, to help me out. Do you like the here, here for the setters? Like when they're in the target? Not too much. I uh, I like mine mine in transition where there's a middle and they're getting them out of their way. Okay. Um, okay. So I just like mine mine. Get, hey, okay. you're you're penetrating. You see that big middle sitting in your way. You're yelling mine mine. Get Clear them out space. of there. Yeah. If it's if you want a different term here here, I, 
it doesn't wouldn't matter to me too much uh, what that is. Uh, but I don't do that every time. I won't have my set, setter, you know, and everything saying here, here. I think it's, you know, if we pass in a free ball, my setter is going to be there. They know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, I don't think we need to uh, know where the say target it just is. for the yeah. purpose of saying. It. Okay. Cool. Uh, you know, defenders maybe cover, cover, help the hitter by calling out some things like, hey, they're two up, or, you know, we call that that A, we wanted them to tip in, in, in the last segment. Uh, serve, receive, pre-play, you know, are there seams that need to be uh, identified? Uh, and I think practicing the pre-play communication yeah. and doing that is, hey, we gotta, we're going we're gonna to play now six on six, and all I'm looking for is we need 10 times we have to be, hey, I have to see you guys acknowledging each other, and if we don't, then – you guys don't get to serve receive anymore. You guys become the the, the serving team, and because we're going to be really looking at focusing on the serve receive pre play communication. So like it's you know reinforcing that, uh, and then you know calling it early. Hey, it's hey we got to you know call it early and serve receive, and and uh, you know those serve away. receive communication errors. Those are the ones that kill us. So yeah. that's a little bit about uh, dealing with quiet teams. I love it. I love it. Um, Anything else you have? I, I guess I would say when a team is, let's say you inherit, you inherit a quiet team. And one of the things I like to do is, is this as a warm up. We're playing two on two, narrow court, doubles, right? And literally, we're just playing volleyball, narrow court. If you don't call the ball, you're off. It, that's it. You go to the back line. Simple. They love it. You know, right, play you're playing. Volleyball. Right, you're yeah. playing volleyball. I like it. It's you're great. reinforcing. You know, I think the, the one other thing I want to say is I, I think, and, and you do this really well, Davis. And I think we do some things sometimes that uh, you know make kids feel comfortable communicating, and so you have some certain rituals where all the kids have to say something, right? Whatever that is. And yeah. so I think if you have a quiet team, is That's giving a them a bunch of opportunities where you know our post game ritual is everybody has to share something in a, one of the values that they caught a teammate doing so everybody talks in front of the team in every match and so do you have some rituals like that so hey even and some kids are way more comfortable than others right. uh but by the end of the season everybody it's not anything that anybody's stressed about there they've just done it so many times i so. love that that's a that's a good point yeah giving them many many opportunities to communicate so they become more comfortable communicating yep. right great yep. point so how about right. uh, what are your drills now for the for the server receive? Okay. What did you get out of well, so you know, it's, the website? So you know, honestly, they're this is undertaught passing short and deep, and that's that's a great thing about the the art of coaching website too. Is there's you get to look at all these drills that they have, and they have countless in so many ways, and so many great coaches. Yeah, uh, but there's some where we're searching for things sometimes and going, hey, wait a minute, we don't have that many on this certain thing, right? And it's Pretty dang important thing, you know. So um, I did find some great stuff, though. And uh, the first one is Christy Johnson Lynch from Iowa State. She she demonstrates the drop step move that we talked about on the deep, deep ball. Okay, yeah, which is very common. Those those hard deep serves are are, I'd say the probably the most common serve, yep. right? So perfecting that is it is is important. The next one is the short deep mine, and um, this is from John Dunning, who's the legend, obviously. Yep. And um, this is basically, again, a perception drill where you're focusing on whether it is short, deep, um, and you're off the ball communicating and so critical, but you're also focusing on your reading, even though you're off the ball. Yep. 
I love it. And yeah, so, John's stuff in that is he, he does such a great job of the reading and the simple communication components. And then you saw his Stanford teams that are winning, you know, national championships. And it's the same exact stuff we're teaching 10 year olds. Absolutely. And this show really focuses on vision and anticipation. Right. And those things could not be more important. Right. Um, next is Diane Flick Williams. She's got a really awesome one about how to read the serve early, where okay. she does a lot about what we kind of talked about, picking up cues from the server. Super important stuff. We didn't see anything on the knee drop, so maybe someone needs to make a video yeah, about that. All right. right? And, uh, but yeah, but what is the resource of the week? The resource is a book, one of my favorite books, uh, okay. a relatively new one uh, by a guy named Nick Winkleman. It's The Language of Coaching. Okay. The Art and Science of Teaching Movement. Okay. And he's got a website. Uh, we'll have that in the show notes as well. It's www.thelanguageofcoaching.com. Uh, and he has this book, and there's a whole bunch of things about uh, how we use language and okay. especially the cues we use to teach. And I'll read you a couple quick quotes. Okay. The first one is, the language we use to convey a cue will literally determine its staying power. So choose wisely. Uh, that's really good. That's so, a really great quote. So that's the first. And the second one uh, is, while we often project this back on the athlete, saying things like they choked, they're not mentally strong enough, or they just don't listen, we just as easily could say that our message wasn't clear and concise, or we didn't arm them with the right focus, or we said too much. Oh, some deep thoughts. Some deep thoughts. With that, we probably should not say any more and uh, get ready <laughs> to end up. the pod, yeah. Dave. Let's so wrap it up. today we talked about passing short deep. We talked about when your team is too quiet and some ideas for, for how to you know work with that. Uh, we will unlock those videos on the AOC website, so check those out. And we also talked about Nick Winkleman's book, The Language of Coaching, The Art and Science of Teaching. What a great pod. Good stuff, Davis. Good Thank stuff. you. Thank you. Have a good one. Take care.